Hello and welcome to the All Rookie Podcast. Today is May 22nd, 2023, and I'm your host, William Harris, aka William is Bill. Back with my main man, special guest appearance once again, the Vons, Vonzel Lucky. Everybody, welcome Vonzel to the show. How you doing, man? I'm great. Thank you for having me back. It's great to be back. Of course. Of course. You know, a lot of people were saying you did great. They want to hear more of your insight. So I can't wait to get to it. Tell them your Twitter one more time. I mentioned it, but go ahead. Uh, My Twitter is um, the Vons, T-H-A underscore V-O-N-Z. That's right. Great follow. And he's going to keep posting more content about the draft, you know, and Mm -hmm. if he doesn't, I'm going to stay on him about it. So it's coming. (laughs) But today we're going to go over Vonzell's mock lottery we might i might get them to go to 15 because get it halfway and then next time you know we finish that off so mm-hmm. either one through 14 or one through 15 but we're gonna check out von Zell's mock and because i just released mine recently mm-hmm. so we'll see his and maybe compare mine a little bit and we'll get straight into it now we could have started from 15 to 1 but he wants to go 1 to 15 so let's get straight to it like it's nothing to it who do you have at number one for the spurs the number one pick, San Antonio Spurs. I think we all know Victor Wimbiyama is going to be going to the Spurs. Um, reason being, um, if you, if you, if you look at the history of the San Antonio Spurs and when they have a losing season, look directly back to when their last losing season was when they lost like this. Who did they get? A Tim Duncan. What was the, the losing season before that? Who were they, they going to go get? A David Robinson, you know, so when, when they, when they have a losing season, they make it count with their draft pick. They're going to get Victor Wimbiyama, and I, I think it's a pretty close case. But um, as far as what he's going to help them uh, do for for the team, uh, he can make them – he can get them maybe as far as possible to play in. And not just because – I'm not just saying that because of how tall he is, uh, the fact that he can, you know, rebound, pass, shoot, has all these skills. He has Greg Popovich as a coach. And uh, right before the season started, uh, Greg Popovich was like, don't expect us to go to the finals. Don't expect anything, yada, yada, yada. He actively lets you know what they were going to do, you know, last year. So with one of the best coaches in the NBA, I think they're going to be pretty well with him. I've heard people on ESPN saying, you know, he he's not going to do anything different with this team. The team's still going to be bad. But I think they're sleeping on the Spurs. Last year they had three first-round picks. Devin mm-hmm. Vassell didn't really play much last year. So they are really talented. They're just going to yeah. be young. And so Victor is in, I think, the perfect spot to succeed. No pressure in San Antonio. It's not like he's in a big city. So I think he'll be a good fit. You think they will need a, a center to play along with them or he can play the five? So the way that they have it now, so um, you know all about uh, Jimmy Sohan. So, but he's a, a power forward. But uh, what they're going to do, what I believe they'll have him do, is whenever they have a big body on defense, he'll be covering that body. And on offense, um, you'd be having Victor playing center on offense and stretching the floor. But um, eventually, they are going to need another another big body center because, like I said, Sohan he he's good. I mean, he can he can you know really back you down. But eventually, they are going to need someone else to to help with uh, with Wimby until he's able to put some more pounds on. And he shouldn't have too much of a problem because unless you're playing Jokic or Embiid, most people Sohan mm-hmm. can probably hang with. And Victor has that long wingspan, so. Yeah. Okay, most of y'all probably expected that, but let's see. The Hornets are in a tricky spot at number two, some consider. So who do you have them taking? I'm sure it's between two guys, right? It is. It is between two guys. And and I I live here in Charlotte. I'm a Charlotte Hornets fan. But um, I'm going to talk about it, you know, rationally, that the way that anyone would be able to look at this and understand why this person is going to be picked at number two. 
All right, so for the Charlotte Hornets, um, if you look back at the news over the past, just past year and a half to two years, we had uh, Miles Bridges. He was our one of our top leading points in points. He was arrested for um, domestic spousal abuse. He eventually pleaded no contest, but he missed the entire season of last year. So whether or not you've seen that in the news or not, that's something that the Hornets are dealing with from a public relations standpoint of having someone that's dealing with a uh, – a police issue in Miles Bridges. Another another player, this is all within the past, you know, year, year and a half. Um, we had a player, James Booknight. He was drafted just a couple of years ago, and um, he had a, a run-in with the police at DUI to where he fell asleep in the parking lot of his uh, of his apartment complex. When uh, when he woke up, he drove his vehicle into a, into a police officer's car, had, a, had a, a gun in the car with him as well. You know, that was another, like, whether or not you under, know that outside of Charlotte, this is something that they're dealing with from a public relations standpoint, and he's still on the team. Um, also, within the past year and a half, two years, we had a player, Montrez Harrell. Directly at the end of the season, he was he was caught with marijuana in his car and pulled over. That's another thing the Charlotte Hornets were dealing with from a public relations standpoint. All right, so those just those three things, those outside of basketball things that we're talking about dealing with the public relations issues with the Charlotte Hornets and the police. So if we're going to talk about bringing in and what player the Charlotte Hornets is going to bring in, it has to be Scoot Henderson. The reason is Brandon Miller is whether, whether or not he was indicted or implicated in, in the murder of, of that young woman or not, that is still something that's hanging in the air over him. And the Charlotte Hornets cannot afford to bring in another, another person that has a public relations issue in that manner. You know, so Talent, I'm I'm a big Brandon Miller fan. Like I said, he's a six foot nine guy that can shoot, but just for this particular team in the Charlotte Hornets, you know, if it was a lot of different teams, I can understand Brandon Miller going too. I can understand why. Like some people believe that Scoot Henderson is a generational player. Like some believe he may be better than Victor Wembanyama. Yeah, some believe he, yeah, yeah, <laughs> he may be better than Victor, you know, but I can understand that, you know, that some people want Brandon Miller to go to Charlotte, but if any if any other team had Two, they may pick Brandon Miller, but this is why they're going to be picking Scoot Henderson. You can't you can't bring him in with all the other public relations issues that Charlotte already has. And if you don't know, Brandon Miller was in trouble for allegedly bringing a gun to his friend. Then his friend used that gun to shoot a woman and kill the woman. Mm -hmm. uh, but those are good points. I would just have to say, if Brandon Miller was not in that scenario, mm -hmm. both slates are clean. Would you still go with Scoot? Or would that change it for you? Um, it would be a little tougher. Like, I would have to look into it a little bit deeper. But if you're saying that if we, he doesn't have that character issue right there, yeah. I'm still looking at how great uh, Scoot Henderson's character is. You know, you can go back. You can look at his, his mother and father, all of his brothers and sisters. You can look at, at Scoot Henderson from 7, 8, 9, all the way to now. Like, his history is documented as not just a, a stand-up basketball player, but as a human being. And when you're when you're looking to bring on players like even outside of basketball, you want to bring in good character people, you know. So if Brandon Miller didn't have that character issue on him, you know, and they're just neck and neck, I'm looking at Scoot Henderson like his character is, and as a human, he's up there, you know. So that's what I'm saying. Where some people believe he is, he should be the number one pick. He believes that way, oh, you know. Yeah. It's, he's been training like for, for his entire life, you know, to, to be in this position. And he just so happened to be coming into a draft with a guy that's, you know, seven foot, you know, three, four, five or whatever, you know, but yeah, even I, I, I would probably say Scoot 
regardless. Okay, I just have one more question about this. The fit. Do you think he will fit well with LaMelo? Because LaMelo is a ball-dominant point guard. Scoot Mm -hmm. is a ball-dominant point guard. Mm -hmm. That height difference, I think, will be in their favor. Mm -hmm. But how do you think that fit will work? You think LaMelo will end up being shipped out eventually if it doesn't? Like, does that trick things up for you? The only way that LaMelo will get shipped out right now, just looking at um, what's been happening so far, so it's not going to be on on because his production is is bad. Um, he's had some injury issues, you know, but outside of that, I wouldn't see any issue with him being shipped out unless he wanted to be shipped out, yeah. you know. But um, the history of LaMelo Ball, if you look back for him, like he's documented as well. You know, we talk about a school Henderson. You can look back at a LaMelo Ball from five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. Like it's all over YouTube. And do you do you know what position he was playing all through eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, all the way until he got to you know almost the pros, shooting guard? Because his brother Lonzo Ball was playing point guard. His entire life, he's grown up with a ball dominant point guard that passes the ball around, you know. But he's been playing the the two guard. So regardless of if he's on the court playing point guard or shooting guard, he plays basketball the exact same way, you know. So it's it's not going to matter with Scoot. And Scoot is just a a, a winner. You know, so when you put those two guys on the court, it's, it's going to work, I, I will believe. Right, and that's an excellent point. That's why you see I had the Vons on the show today. I didn't even think about that, True. He has been playing with Lonzo his whole life. Um, my thing was, Scoot's not going to come in being uh, like, I have to have the ball at this many possessions. You know, it's not like Kobe Bryant in his prime or something like where someone's coming in and it's going to be an issue. So I think they would fit and share the ball. And, I mean, they're a losing team thus far so no one really should have too much of an ego anyway um but i think it'll be fun i think i'm worried about the coach <laughs> i think we need a better coach but other than that i think the fit will be fine yeah okay yeah. so with all that being said about the second pick are you swinging out of left field for the blazers with the third pick or going right where we were third pick we're about to get a little crazy here uh oh so one team in the uh, in the draft, they they didn't have a pick here, and they they had a oh we're just bringing up Lonzo Ball here. They had a, a really bad season because their star Lonzo Ball. They don't know if he's actually going to be able to play basketball ever again, you know, honestly. But uh, at least last year he wasn't able to play, so um, it would have been nice if they would have had a draft pick, you know, somewhere in the lottery. Don't have that. So with the third pick, I oh I have Portland Trailblazers who would have been you know picking third. Trading, oh, oh, okay, trading their pick <laughs> to the Chicago Bulls, along with Anthony Simmons. Simmons, I'm sorry, they're bringing back Demar Derozan. Oh. The number three pick, the Chicago Bulls will be selecting Brandon Miller. Oh, so with that trade, Brandon Miller will be with the Chicago Bulls as well as Anthony Simmons. So they get with getting rid of DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan, he's someone that's going to give you 20, 23, 24 points every single season. You know, he's getting a little bit older in age, but he matches the timeline of um of a Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard let it be known, he doesn't want this draft pick. He's not looking for some young guy to come d- develop and build with. He wants somebody to come win with right now. Now, if you look at Simmons with a uh, Simmons played Let's see how many games Simmons played. Simmons played over 62 games last year. And uh, with the new, the new, uh, the NBA, they said the players have to play at least 20 minutes and 65 games to be eligible for any kind of MVP or all NBA honors. Simmons is an under the radar player. 
He plays a lot of games, and he's going to give you 20-some-odd points a game. You know, so Chicago bringing in Brandon Miller and uh, Anthony Simmons is going to be great for them. Portland. Incredible. And Portland, (laughs) Portland, you're going to be able to free up Sharp. That's another person I don't know if everyone around the NBA has been able to really experience or see at how good this kid is. But if you you have to give Sharp a little bit more uh, room to grow and shipping out Anthony Simmons, who's a, a very good player, frees up more space for Sharp. So now you got Dame, Sharp, and DeMar DeRozan. A few more moves, and it's gonna it's gonna help you get in. You know, maybe playoff. Get Dame in the playoffs, and he can give you some Jimmy Butler action. You know, just get Dame into the playoffs. And you know this. You know this may seem far fetched to you, but this is what the Blazers are actually talking about in real life. As great as this third pick is, as great as a generational player, Brandon Miller or Scoot could be, who is right here. They are considering trading the pick to fit Damian Lillard's uh, timeline for his career, which I think could be a mistake because he's he'll be 33, I believe, this year. Mm-hmm. But if they go that route, that's very possible. I think that would be a huge win for the Bulls, and that could totally change their franchise around, especially getting Simons off as well. So... I mean, that just blew my mind. I love that, though. And there will be some crazy trades and wackiness going on in the NBA mm-hmm. on draft day. I love it. I can't even dispute it. So let's just move right along to number four with the Houston Rockets. Who you got? The number four, the uh, Houston Rockets, I have them selecting Amin Thompson. All right. So with the Houston Rockets, they got Kevin Porter Jr. They have Jalen Green. And as far as someone that's going to put the ball in the, the basket for them at the, the one and the two, they're, they're a little short of talent. They're short of talent. I mean, there's, it's a reason, there's a reason why they, they are where they are in the draft. And if they could have got the number one and the two pick, that would have been ideal for them, but they have to go with the, the talent right now. So I have them going with another guard that's going to be able to actually distribute the ball. You know, um, Kevin Porter Jr. He can pass Jalen, is not someone that's that's looking to facilitate for you. So um, having Amen, he's a high level athlete. He's immediately going to go in there, average a high, high number of assists. Is going to be able to play a good good amount of defense. Get up and down the court in transition, just like the Houston Rockets already like to do with a young team. Get up and down the court, score as many points as they can in transition. So he's going to help them a lot with that. And like I said, passing the ball, they desperately need someone that can pass the ball on that team. Yeah, so you think that'll be a smooth transition, just moving Kevin Porter Jr. to the two guard or three? Um, they're they're going to have to figure out a way to how to work that because all three of those guards are going to have to see a good amount of minutes. Or what I do believe is going to happen as soon as they get Amin Thompson in there. Um, see, I, I've been watching a lot of overtime elite over the past week and a half or so, and I don't know if if people understand like how different the level of competition that they were facing in overtime elite versus college and the G League and what they're about to experience in the NBA. You know, so as as good as Amin Thompson is and have him going forth, I'm not, I'm not necessarily sure that's someone that you want to start right away. You know, so we'll have to see what that. That's someone that you're going to need to be getting some playing time. So I believe he'll be getting rotated in with, with Kevin Porter Jr. and, and Jalen, but I'm not sure that he's going to be starting day one. Yeah, and the Rockets, you know, they're one of the more tricky teams. You think it's an easy selection because they're a rebuilding team. You know, you said they're lacking talent. 
Uh, I think they're really just super young because I'm a believer in Singun. I'm a believer in Jabari Smith. I thought Jabari Smith should have been the number one pick coming out of college last year. It didn't work out so well. I think mainly because of the team. Uh, it's kind of a weird mixture there. And they're just too young. Yeah. But Amen coming in, I would select him as well. But then a wrench has been thrown in by James Harden saying he'd want to come back to Houston. Mm-hmm. And they've also said they would consider trading a pick like Portland. So it's kind of a cluster in Houston. So if they keep the pick, you just got to go with the best talent. I, I mean, what do you say if James Harden comes back? Still take Amen or go a different route? No, if, if James Harden comes back, then it depends on what you, what all you're sending out. You know, that's 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 tough. Because if James Harden's coming back, what are you sending out? Because you're sending out more than just that pick. Well, I think so, he's free to come. I think, I think, yeah. He's unrestricted free agent? I think so. Wow. Yeah, if he's if he's unrestricted and there's going to be no signing trade and no nothing like that, then I don't know. I don't, I don't know either. The Rockets, are, <laughs> the Rockets yeah. are a mess, man. I don't yeah. know. It's. I think they should trade the pick if Harden comes and then try to get another vet to go with him probably. That'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. All right, so moving on from the Rockets. It's going to get a little easier after this. <laughs> But, well, I say that, but the Pistons have quite the selection here. And number five, who do you have on your – so far, we've been uh, aligned, one through four. We have the same one through four. So let's see if it takes a turn here at five. I think it will. I think it will. Because I I had to move – I've moved this, this person around, uh, you know, from five to, to ten. And um, at number five, I have the Detroit Pistons selecting – Asar Thompson. Okay. All right. So, so the reason the reason for that is if you look at the uh, the Detroit Pistons, their 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 lineup and their who they have, they got a log jam at their power forward and their center positions. You know, they they have Jalen Duran, Marvin Bagley the third, Isaiah Stewart, and James Wiseman. You know, so at the four and the five position, they have guys that are, that are going to need minutes desperately. They're going to have to be in that rotation. You know, so. When, when I'm looking at guys that I would prefer to draft over him, you know, guys like a Cam Whitmore or a Jairus Walker, you know, both of those guys are six seven, six foot eight, you know, guard, uh, power forward guys that can't really play at a guard position or, you know, wing position. They're, they need to be, well, maybe, a, you know, Cam can play a little bit more of that, but these are bigger bodies. So at five, I have Detroit taking a wing. You already got, you got, you got some guards. You got some really good guards there. But at the wing position, Bogdan Bogdanovich, is that how you say his name? Yeah. Bogdan? Yeah. You know, at the wing position, you still got you, you still got some room for growth at the wing. But at the power forward, the center position, you're log jammed. At the point guard, shooting guard position, you got a little more room, especially in that small forward position. So is he going to start alongside with Cade and Ivy? Eventually he will. But the same, the same thing as his brother, um, it's going to be a learning curve, a bigger learning curve than I think people are ready for because the overtime elite, the competition level, it, it really, like I said, I, I don't want to put too much too much on it until we actually see see it. But I just know what, what I've seen in those games and the competition level doesn't seem as high. So he, it may take some time for him to adjust. Yeah, you know, last year I think was the first main year for overtime elite and they had some talent, but no one even got drafted from the league. So uh, it's a work in progress, but people don't fully believe in the G League yet. So with the Ignite, and they're starting to come around to that. So overtime elite, maybe in a few years they'll get there as well. Um, 
I have the Magic. Um, well, I had the um, Pistons taking Taylor Hendricks uh, because I don't think Marvin Bagley is uh, fit for the future for that team. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. A lot of people are high on Asar, just as high as him, high on him as they are on Amen. Mm-hmm. Fairly different position, but it could work. It could work. You always need defense as well. Yeah. So let's go to number six with the Orlando Magic. And they're another tough team to decipher. Kind of like the Pistons, depth here, depth there. Kind of like the Rockets, really young, <laughs> everywhere. Mm-hmm. Who do you have the Magic selecting? And they have two picks in the lottery. They do. All right. So the uh, the, the things that the, the Orlando Magic really need to sure up with their draft picks, defense and shooting. So for their first pick, I have the Orlando Magic selecting Jairus Walker. Reason why I have them selecting Jairus Walker, this guy is playing playing out of Houston. When you when you watch him play, he's a winner. He understands how to win, and not just not just on defense the way that he's covering guys. Offensive IQ, you know. So when you put someone that's that's young around a bunch of other young guys, but this guy's a leader with a high IQ, you know. So with him. With Paolo Bancaro, with Franz Wagner, and they got some guards that can get it together. Markel Falls is actually pulling it together, you know. So when you got when you got yeah. a defensive minded guy that can also give you what's what's Jarius Walker other giving you, giving you seven rebounds a game, eleven points a night. A defensive guy that's going to score the ball enough and play high core defense on a team like the Orlando Magic that wants to get up and down, they're not super concerned with the defensive end. And you're bringing in a guy who's only really concerned with the defensive end. He's a defensive leader. You know, so if they're they able to bring this guy in, he's really going to help them win a good four to five more games as a rookie. That's That don't sound like a lot, but in NBA, if a rookie could come in and help you win four or five more games, that's something. Okay, do you have him starting? Because they're kind of loaded at just about every position, except for maybe shooting guard. Will he be able to start? He will. He will eventually be able to start. So they're going to find a way for it to start him because of how much he's doing on defense. He's he's going to be the one guy on there that's actually looking to anchor that defense down. So between Franz Wagner, Paolo, and him, they're going to find a way. And another reason why I'm I'm so sure that they will is – as far as lineups go, they're in the top three in the NBA of willing to get tricky with their lineups from having, who did they have starting at, uh, either Bobo or <laughs> they, they had one of them playing point goal, starting a point goal one of the games this, this past season. You know, so it's like they're willing to have some very freaky lineups just to kind of throw people out there and see what, what matches. So as far as starting, I, bench, I believe he will eventually be starting, whether that's day one or not, but he's going to be starting by the end of the year, I, I, I'm almost sure of. And they're going to find a way to work him into any kind of rotation for sure. I think I definitely think they'll work him in to get minutes. I think it'll be tough with Paolo, Franz, and Wendell Carter in the front court. Mm-hmm. So if Paolo can play the two, then that would be really scary. But <laughs> you never know. Like you said with the Magic, yeah. they had – I think they set a record for the tallest lineup, like you said. Yeah. So – and, you know, that addressed the defense. So I'm sure with, with 11, they can come back and address shooting. And we'll get to that in a minute. But for now – Let's go with the Pacers at number seven. Who you got? At the number seven pick, I have the Pacers selecting Cam Whitmore. The slide oh. ends here. So, so Cam Whitmore is a guy. He's similar to a to a Jerry's 
to a uh, to the last pick on uh, Jairus Walker. So he's a guy that's a all around winner. He knows he, when you watch him play, he makes all the right plays. Similar to, I believe, I compared him to like a uh, a Josh Hart. You know, if um if you look him, he knows how to win, but he maybe end up being better. But um he's a, a all around guy. Defense, I, offense, IQ can give you a little bit of everything. As far as the stats, he was he was shooting thirty four percent from the three, forty seven percent from the field. Was giving you twelve and a half points a night five rebounds. I mean, but the stats don't show the same way as Jarris Walker. The stats don't show what Cam Cam Whitmore does. You know, so put him on the team with the Indiana Pacers and him and Halliburton are going to have a field day. Halliburton's another high IQ basketball player that knows where to be on the court. Cam Whitmore is is very much like that. So um the Pacers are, are an up and coming team. You know, they they finally signed some contracts out with um with Miles Turner. I mean, they're Cam Whitmore's going to fit right in. I do think that would be an excellent fit. If he if he goes to seven, they have to run to the board and select that. I have him going six to the Magic, so we just talked about the Magic. So, um, yeah, I would love that fit. You know, Duarte would just have to go to the bench, and there's nothing you can do about it, right? Nope. <laughs> just sorry, you got to go to the bench. All right, moving up to number eight, the Wizards. Now, this was probably the hardest team for me to mock Ooh. because of my belief in – the point guards in this draft, but Morris? <laughs> right <laughs> because of the point guards on the team and in the draft. So, but it's pretty clear, like you said, they're looking for a point guard. Did you go that route? So, with the uh, let's see, with eighth. the eighth pick, with the eighth pick in the draft, I had the Washington Wizards selecting Anthony Black. Me too, me too. So, Anthony Black is one of my sleeper favorite picks my favorite players of this entire draft. Wow. One of, my, one of my sleeper favorite players of this entire draft. Now he's six foot seven, 198 pounds. He only shot 30% from the three point line, you know? So why, why, is, why is he a sneaky favorite? Can't shoot the three point line in 2023 in the NBA. He shot 70% from the, from the free throw line, not wowing, you know, not wowing at all. He gave you five rebounds a game, four assists per night. He gave you about one block and two steals per night. Averages 13 points a game. This guy right here is going to be able to play the one, the two, or the three at six foot seven. He's going to be able to guard the one, the two, or the three in, in on defense. He's going to be able to, to be able to get to the hole at almost will. And he can pass. He's a willing passer and a willing defender. He's someone like so similar to a Cam Whitmore or a Jairus Walker. That he knows where to be on the court. He wants to, to win. He's going to do anything that it takes. He is a pure dog out there and um if if he was a better shooter he would be way higher on my list but as it stands you got a guy that can pass and dribble and play excellent defense and guard at the perimeter so Washington Wizards they desperately need someone that can pass the ball because you got Kuzma and Bradley Bill out there they want to get some shots up they need someone that's going to pass the ball and not worry about getting shots that's Anthony Black yeah, I mean, I had to go that route as well. Uh, I'm not sure if he's going to be a full-time point guard or not, but if he is, I think it'll be a good selection for sure. So I think they probably need to get Bradley Beal out of there and, but, <laughs> and rebuild full-on, but we'll see. Moving on to number nine, the Utah Jazz, the tanking team that we all thought would have the top pick, but they ended up winning some games this year. Who do you have the Jazz selecting at nine? At nine, I have Utah Jazz swinging for the fence on a project, really. On, but I don't even look at them too much of a project. But for them, I have 
the Utah Jazz selecting Leonard Miller out of the G League Ignite. I like it. Now, with that pick, a lot a lot of people would say uh, Taylor Hendricks. You know, he's been slotted a little bit higher than than I'm going to have him in my draft. But Leonard Miller, there's there's something to be said about the G League if you if you watch him. I started watching the G League, you know, because of Scoop. You know, and um, when I'm looking, I keep looking. I'm like, who is this? Who is this guy? And then I'm looking at who is this guy? Then I go back, who is this guy? <laughs> and it's, it's, it's Leonard Miller. You know, I'm like, what in the world? It's like he's he's up and down the court. He is going to get you rebounds. He, you know, and he can he can shoot free throws. He's going to get to the free throw line. He shoots from from the field. He's shooting 55% from the field. Now, shooting three-pointers, he's not great at that just yet. He's only shooting 32% from the three-point line. But like I said, in transition, he's up and down the court. He's six foot ten, two hundred and ten pounds, averaging eighteen points. Not in you know overtime or college in the G League, playing against men who are trying to feed their families. He's averaging a double double against men trying to feed their family. Right now, he is. You know, so I, I have him going at number nine to the Utah Jazz. Um, He's he's going to be something to deal with. He may be something like a project, but he's already proving right now what he's able to do. Yeah, and he would fit with the Jazz because they're not in a rush to win right away, so he could develop with them. I have him going 12 to OKC, same type of situation. Uh, I think that's a great selection. And, you know, you said he's not a great three-point shooter. To be 6'10", over 30%, you can't really complain too much about it. And the G League three-pointer is the NBA three-pointer. So that that makes it even tougher. The college three-pointer is a little closer in. So I think he's on his way. He's not as raw as one would think, you know? Mm-hmm. All right, moving on to number – oh, wait, wait. I got to say, you're not worried about him playing with Laurie Markkinen? Is there a spot for him? Will he have to play the three or come off the bench? Um, He's going to have to come off the bench to yeah. start to begin with, I believe, unless he can really show out. And um, I don't know. Like, he might be able to show out going into training camp. You know, and show what he can do. Because, like I said, he's averaging 11 rebounds right now in the in the sure, G League. Sure. You know, so you you have to find a place for somebody that's going to be the most athletic person on your team at 6'10", up and down the court, averaging 11 rebounds. You know, it's like so, when the Cavs use Laurie Marketing as a small forward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they had to just work one of them yep, in. Yep, got to work. I, I see that. I see that. Mm-hmm. Okay, number 10, who do you have the Mavs select? And they uh, did their best to keep this pick, and they were able to keep it. Okay, so the Mavericks... They they messed up. It was it was a a, a big boo boo on, uh, <laughs> on Mark Cuban. He, like you let, you let Jalen Brunson go, and that, like, I don't know why you did that. And then um, the things you said about it afterwards, you know, wasn't a good look. And uh, with that trade, you almost lost your pick, you know, uh, this yeah. season. But um, they decided to uh, to tank. They allegedly decided to tank at the uh, the end of the year, you know, to uh, to make sure they maintained <laughs> their pick, and they did. You know, because if they if they didn't, that pick would have gone to the the New York Knicks. You know, the same team that that went that was doing all that in the playoffs, the same team that took Jalen Brunson to them, they would have had to also give up their pick to the Knicks. So, um, with the number ten pick, I have the Dallas Mavericks selecting Kaysen Wallace. Mm. So the re- reason why you Kaysen know Wallace, I don't like Kaysen Wallace. Let's hear this. So they just now lost someone in Jalen Brunson, a point guard that's going to be able to do a little bit of something, everything for you, and also uh, play play defense and do a little something for you on offense. What the Dallas Mavericks are lacking desperately 
is perimeter defense. Well, defense in general. They, they need interior defense, perimeter defense, everywhere defense. But what they need so bad, they need some perimeter defense, and they need someone that can pass the ball besides their, you know, besides Luka. They have so many people that want to score, they don't have passers. You know, so Casey Wallace is going to automatically come in there and be able to facilitate. But the biggest reason he's going to help is because he is a willing defender at the point guard position. So that's something that they don't have. You know, you can bring in Tim Hardaway. You can bring in a lot of their guards. But this guard right here is going to be able to start for you and defend at a a semi-high level immediately. Here's the thing I have to say. Do you think Luca? wants to play point guard or he likes kind of being off ball or sharing duties. I think he wants to dominate the ball. Yeah. yeah definitely. And I mean, Casey, that shouldn't be a problem with him, but he'll just have some assistance in that area. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I mean, I think the Mavs are still a long way away. They need three guys, really. <laughs> they don't have it. So yeah. you just got to take who you think is going to fit. And uh, I agree. Um, I mean, I don't like Casey Wallace, but I can see how that fit would work. Mm. Because, I mean, no matter what they do, they're in trouble. But number 11, <laughs> the Magic are back on the clock. Who do you have them selecting at number 11? Yeah, so the Magic, they they had to address defense and shooting. So they addressed their defense with Joe Wallace. And now with the 11th pick, they're going to address their shooting with one of the best shooters in the draft with Grady Dick. Oh, nice. So uh, Grady Dick, six foot eight. He uh, shot 44% from the field, but shot 40% from the three-point line. 85% from the free free throw line, gave you five rebounds, two assists, and a steal and a half on 14 points a night. This guy's gonna light it up from the three-point line. He's six foot eight, you know, so he's he's gonna be able to stay from in front of you moderately well. You know, for somebody he's a good that's athlete good. too. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah, I was watching him at the combine, you know, so it's like he's he can stay in front of you moderately well for somebody that's six foot eight. So yeah. he's not gonna be a complete defensive liability. And when you put him out there in the corner, anywhere behind a three-point line, he is lighting it up. So the Orlando Magic, they address their defensive issues and now their shooting issues. Grady Dick is gonna be able to help that team immediately. And once again, the magic get bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> I wouldn't want to play him with that lineup. Uh, moving on to uh, number 12, OKC. Who do you have them selecting at 12? Number 12, I have OKC taking Taylor Hendricks. So Ooh, uh, that would be amazing. So earlier we were talking, um, so Le- it was Leonard Miller and Taylor Hendricks. Though. I believe you had Leonard Miller at um, at uh, with OKC 12. and Taylor Hendricks at, at Utah. We had them swapped. I yeah. had Hendricks actually to the Magic, uh, to the Pistons. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> that was my surprise. Okay, yeah, I put uh, I put Taylor Hendricks at twelve to OKC. They love someone that's going to be somewhat like a project. But this guy right here, I look at him like a defensive guy. Like he's going to be able to give it to you on defense immediately. But he also averages fifteen points. He's going to give you seven rebounds a night, and he's shooting thirty nine percent from the three point line. So th- this guy right here, Taylor Hendricks, OKC is going to do something nice with him. That would be the steal of the draft so far, in my opinion. So I love that selection. Uh, let's go to number 13, the Toronto Raptors. This what is the still of the, this is the still of the draft to me. Okay. One of your favorite players out of the draft, the Toronto Raptors. And I wasn't a big fan of him, but if this if the Toronto Raptors draft him, I am Bryce Sensaba. Nice. Going to the Toronto Raptors. Toronto Raptors has a team full of long athletic guys that are playing defense and OG Ananobi and uh, pa- Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes, even if Fred Van Vliet, you know, guys are going to go out there. They're going to play some defense for you. Ross Sensabaugh is going to do none of that. He's going to go out there and give you buckets. <laughs> He's going to give you those buckets. And That's true. And everybody That's what they need. 
I like it. I like it. Zoom's trying to get us out of here real quick. So the Pelicans, who you got? Pelicans, I got Chris Murray, uh, bro- brother of Keegan Murray. You had to get him in there. He's another guy that can, <laughs> can do a little bit of everything, and he's going to join the Pelicans, whoever, people that can do a little bit of everything. I love it. I mean, that's a great top 14. Uh, you know, like I said, Zoom's getting us out of here. So on that note, <laughs> thank you all for listening to the show, the Y'all Rookie Podcast. Follow the Vons on Twitter. And until next time, we're out of here. Peace. Peace.